Hello and welcome back to Bloomberg Bear Crypto. My name is James Gore and in this video we're going to be covering some crazy news from the past day or so. We're going to be checking in on Bitcoin, seeing how it's progressing with our technical analysis. We'll keep it nice and brief. And what I'm going to be doing is also looking at the bearish case for Bitcoin because, you know, the macro trend is trending bullish, but we also have to kind of be fair and try and find all the arguments as to, at least from just a just purely technical perspective, as to what could potentially happen and how to prepare for it. But before we do begin, if you are new here, don't forget to follow, like, comment, subscribe, comment below. Um, and uh, if you are watching the YouTube, do subscribe on iTunes or Spotify because, you know, this is how these uh, these videos are seemingly more digested, mostly via audio, so I'm sure you guys would love that. So just before we do jump in, I'm just going to kind of check in on the technical mass has been posting the last couple of days. Um, so um, also just to let you guys know, I'm going to be doing TA updates based on the comments you've been leaving under the videos, so I'll be releasing a video soon. I probably won't be able to get that out anytime soon, probably be within the next 24 hours, but what I would say is look at VeChain. Um, I was meant to do a chart on that yesterday. I just fell asleep. I couldn't do it. Um, and then look at um, uh, VeChain stands out, Link stands out, and Polkadot stands out for trades. I think I mentioned Link and Polkadot already, but VeChain is looking really good. Um, I'm in a position now with VeChain. I actually did well, well this morning. Woke up quite happy. Um, so do take a look at that. Um, let's take a quick look at uh, Bitcoin on four-hour time frame. So we have a little chart here. As you can see, we have a little, um, based on our video previously, price projection is around 22,143 Satoshis, currently suggesting a long. And the four-hour time frame is kind of following the path we were expecting, looking to find resistance around... Um, 19,873 Satoshis with a kind of ascending triangle there and then breakthrough. That's a potential outcome, but also, you know, you know, this pattern could, you know, get rejected from that level, break bearish and, you know, bounce from the 16,200 level. And that's something that's completely possible too. Um, but, you know, it's kind of a waiting game watching Bitcoin grind up at the moment. But uh, let's take a quick look at... BTC and the bearish kind of arguments we could say that that's going on at the moment. So if we zoom out to the macro perspective, the overall trend, this is a really bullish market. If you watch my last videos, just or if you haven't, Bitcoin's in a very bullish place. It's had the best monthly close it's had in a long time, had crazy eight weeks just on fire. It does need a bit of a cooling off period to be fair. And on monthly time frame, we can see a double top pattern has formed. Haven't had confirmation for that yet, though. And the monthly close of this candle this last month was a Marabozu. And that's a Marabozu after another Marabozu candle, which basically means the candle is just completely full of a body. So it's, two, it's very, lots of things indicating we're going to break through the all-time highs, but it's just kind of when. And if we're going to need some significant consolidation first, or we're just going to kind of grind our way up and just chip away at it. Um, so let's take a quick look at some bearish arguments so um, the first one is if we take a quick look at the macro the overall pattern so we essentially have a double top pattern that's formed we have con a confirmation on the app so we look at the hourly time frame double top pattern that's formed confirmation on this candle that's going to break bearish has actually been trending upwards which is interesting because um, it's kind of just ignored that double top pattern and what I'll do is denote on the chart a beautiful little 
horizontal line of support that we can kind of pay attention to in the, in the short term. Um, but I'd say if Bitcoin's kind of holding that line of support, I'd probably have a day or so before it will retest 19,880. Uh, um, and if I just turn volume on, let's quickly take a look at how volume is doing. I need to zoom back out to the daily time frame for this one. Just give a bit of a picture and I'll drill a bit deeper. So, yeah, on this move up, volume's slowly uh, decreasing. So, you know, we're reaching a point where kind of have to have a think. Where's where's the force? Where's the momentum going to come and drive, you know, smash through this level? Because we have quite a few whales on the major exchanges with thick sell orders at the moment so there's a lot of sell orders um just about just holding around 20k it's going to take a lot to kind of um eat through that to be fair um it could be a bit of market manipulation trying to shake out weak hands trying to buy bitcoin for for cheaper with the expectation that eventually there's some coordinated effort to kind of uh stop pulling massive amounts of sell orders around this level i don't think that's necessary i don't think that's likely it's too it's too much um too much uh, you know, it's like conspiracy ultimately. But if we look at the hourly time frame, we can see volume is tapering off of this move up, not ideal, because um, we're not in the consolidation period at least. If we look at the RSI, we can see it's trending negative. So it looks like a nice bearish divergence there. And if we take a look at where we've previously had bearish divergences on the hourly time frame, you can see when there's been a double top, bearish divergence. So let me just tack on. Another horizontal line. Thank you, good chart. Thank you, good sir. Uh, where there's been a horizontal divergence, um, we can see um, where there's been a double top, Bitcoin has basically sold off. But what, I mean, what we might see is more the same of what we saw here. So double top here, double top here, could see a sell off and then uh, a slow climb back up and a retest so it could just grind it out until we're just constantly retesting that level um, if we zoom a bit out on the four hour time frame we see the same pattern essentially so if I remove oops let me undo that so that's not what I want same thing on the RSI we can see we have bearish divergences on the four hour time frame so we're seeing a bearish divergence forming so is it radiating out to the 12 hour time frame? Yes, we see another bearish divergence. Price is climbing up, but we see you know, RSI is facing resistance. And then if we zoom out to the daily, another bearish divergence just started to form. Take a look at the weekly, nothing yet. So this is why you kind of have to have a long-term perspective because weekly charts looking pretty bullish, monthly charts looking pretty bullish as well. So kind of a waiting game. Um, so keep it nice and simple, keep it like that. Um, so yeah, I'll be doing a separate video with technical analysis looking at uh, the coins you've mentioned on my previous videos and also link polka.xrp be checking back in on some of my favorites on B-Chain. B-Chain's already broken out, but there's lots of opportunity for B-Chain to kind of continue on and really uh, tear, tear this market up. A lot of DeFi coins are looking interesting as well. Um, if you don't already, follow me over on uh, TradingView, Bull and Bear Crypto, because I can't post four different charts, four different videos uh, on YouTube, because again, it's spammy, and I'll update trades as we go along and progress. So you can just follow along the chart. I'll upload videos on here, um, and I'll also um, post the chart, so you can just click play and see how those trades have gone, giving you tar uh, targets and entries and exits and stops as well.
So probably be releasing some educational content at some point too. So yeah, I highly suggest you take a look, little looky look at that. Uh, but let's take a look at the news. So something just popped up on the screen. So this is probably the biggest news. So I'm actually completely astounded at the pace with which traditional finance is now desperately trying to move into the crypto space, have some exposure. And essentially, why would they do that? Because they see potential here and they're looking to profit, basically. So the S&P, Dow Jones, and Dow, Do uh, Dow Jones indices announced on Thursday that it would be launching its own cryptocurrency indexes. The company will draw data from Lucker, a New York-based digital currency company. And um, this is huge news because it basically provides the average, not the average, actually, it provides institutional investors uh, also retail investors another path to get exposure to cryptocurrency space and make money from it without I'm sure I'm assuming this is going to be uh, um, they're not going to be holding it. it's not a fund so just an index um, but it's it's really it's huge it's huge and this is you know it's it's all happening very very quickly in terms of institutional attention and developments in this space and it's interesting because um, with more and more of these institutions invested in crypto in terms of they have a economic incentive to not only have exposure but maintain that exposure when it comes to banning or outlawing or regulating this space it can become more more and more difficult for the contrarians and for those that are sitting outside of crypto looking in and thinking this is terrible so very interesting direction we're on it's going very quickly it looks like we're hitting escape velocity in terms of the path with which the fundamental news is being released on uh, the institutional side of things. Wouldn't be unlike if we saw a Bitcoin ETF coming up uh, uh, in, this, in the next 12 months. Um, so next up, huge news for Ripple. But this isn't the news that I'm talking about. So Ripple executives say XRP community could force Ripple to burn massive crypto holdings. I don't disagree with that. Um, and this is from the chief technology officer. So David Schwartz says the XRP community could force Ripple to burn its massive trove of XRP holdings. Ripple owns more than half the total supply of XRP. And though the company claims it doesn't sell anywhere near enough to impact the price of the third largest crypto, has long faced criticism for this routine sales for its routine sales of the asset. Um, so well, they do actually impact the price because anytime anything moves from on their wallets, people start selling. So it's kind of hard. It's kind of the same thing that you know Elon Musk has to deal with, where if he comments on something, uh, Tesla related can, can influence price. Some say he's doing it on purpose. I wouldn't, you know, not do it on purpose if I was Elon. You know, um, you know, you should feel free to say whatever you want. But um, I don't completely agree that they would actually burn. You know, for example, if the community said, "Let's, we want you to burn 50% of your treasury," why would they agree with that? You know, it's kind of like a game of chicken in that um, they'll get pressure, get pressure, get pressure until it actually comes to the point where they have to do something and then they probably just won't do it. Not, it's just because the only reason I'm saying that is because I probably have some bias against XRP because of the way it was created ultimately. But does that mean we can't make money from it? No, of course. It's going to be one of the trades I'll be talking about. XRP does look interesting. I haven't checked in today. Um, checked in this morning. It's kind of looking the same. Actually, I did check in today. It's kind of the same uh, pendant pattern. But... Um, but yeah, it's it's very interesting. More interesting. This is the this is this is the serious news for Ripple. Which if they're able to do this, forget partnerships with banks, because um, partnerships with banks are, isn't going to make Ripple rather the XRP token 
money. This would make XRP token money um, in the way they describe. So legendary SimCity creator part of Ripple's $100 million push to bring XRP to gaming. So the results of one of Ripple's largest ever investments are beginning to take shape. In early 2019, Ripple teamed up with blockchain gaming startup Fort, creating a $100 million fund dedicated to developing games that utilize blockchain, blockchain technology into Ledger Protocol, ILP, and XRP to power gaming economies and cross-chain interoperability. So imagine, I'm sure you guys have heard of games like Fortnite or World of Warcraft. I'm a bit out of touch, to be honest with you, with that stuff. But all the, all the games uh, kids are playing right now, like FIFA, I, I think there's massive controversy in FIFA because it's essentially game, like a gaming, a gambling uh, game at the moment uh, with the way it's been designed um, and the odds of actually getting the things you're looking to get without having to pay is almost minimal so it's basically gambling um, but there is money real m fiat that goes into these games and is spent in these games and there's economies that arise out of these games imagine someone being able to build up uh, money in a certain game and transfer it to another one that's pretty huge. That's pretty huge. Um, and it looks like Ripple could facilitate that. So that's that's really interesting. Um, but if they if if they can tap into, you know, what is already an emerging market, which is gaming, not emerging market, a growing and developing market, which is gaming, because it's getting bigger and bigger. You know, esports are, are becoming the you know the you know the, you know the kids you know like thirteen to eighteen year old kids. That's what they watch. Um, people playing games online and things. So. You know, this is probably where things are heading. Um, if they can kind of get into that market, it's pretty big for them, pretty big. So whoever gets there first, probably going to do really, really well. Um, first and able to penetrate at scale, that's, they're probably going to do really, really well. So if Ripple can do this, you know, we're going to make we're going to make money trading off it, off the back of it. I wouldn't hold Ripple, um, but I would trade it. Um, moving on. So talking about you know traditional inf institutions trying to dig their way into the crypto space to make as much as possible. Um, I actually don't mean that. Um, but 224-year-old German bank to float crypto fund in 2021. So let's quickly talk about banks. So as time goes on, as interest rates progressively decrease and almost go negative or go negative, the traditional bank, uh, such as this one, is going to find it harder and harder and harder to make money without cutting costs um, or just due to profit margins because banks make their money on lending. If lending is super cheap, how are they going to make their money? They either have to lend out more, which is technically what's going on now, or reduce costs. So that's ultimately what's happening with most banks. Or, you know, steal money from the, steal their uh, business from their competition. That's good as well. As well. So that's it. That's with the traditional model. If they have some exposure to cryptocurrency, it means they can kind of take advantage of um, something that's going to have a hedge against inflation, um, something that's going to be growing over the next 10, 15, 20 years. Um, and it's a long-term play, these crypto funds. So um, they can. this German bank obviously sees this is a growing market, a growing asset class, and they want to stay relevant. You know, why would a 223-year-old German bank flow to crypto fund? That's why. So the fund is going to offer Bitcoin, Ethereum, and, and uh, Stellar, XLM. Very interesting. Out of... Uh, all the third options they could have picked. They picked Stellar, which I have no issue with. I like Stellar. Um, but yeah, it's big. And the reason why I'm kind of keeping this um, in the 
uh, a video and audio today in an episode today is because more banks if they want to stay relevant are going to start have to start doing this um and you know when we have the banks on board you can't you know crypto getting regulated bitcoin being banned these arguments will just be ridiculous you know these 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 already are you know arguments that can be easily um you know not debunked but um rationally uh see the you know what what's most probable through you know re reasonable positions reasonable arguments um and things like this just reinforces that even more so um okay next up keep it sweet and short with this one so spotify is considering accepting bitcoin cool that's great um even if they did who cares because why would you want to spend your bitcoin just just if you want to get a get spotify pay for spotify just use fiat like why do you why do you keep why do you spend your bitcoin um at the moment um or in the future unless you're kind of ready and happy with how much you have which i, don't, I doubt many people are um even if they have you know 100 bitcoins 200 bitcoins a thousand bitcoins people probably want more um i mean that's a bit extreme but yeah anyway um yeah cool great probably going to see more companies accepting bitcoin um the way they accept bitcoin would be interesting though but yeah it's it's no surprise there um this is a bit of a surprise so visa comes full circle with usdc stablecoin integration notice how it's not usdt it's not tether so credit card company visa has partnered with circle to integrate usdc into its payments makes sense because circle you know i think they created usdc uh, this is this is a part of visa's fast track system as it reimagines itself as a network of networks and that's kind of what they need to do to remain relevant um basically just going to see greater interoperability between traditional and, and you know, the, the developing networks, which are blockchains. Uh, Beats has also invested in companies that may be ready f to take the reins in case of a central bank digital currency does arrive, which makes complete sense. But um, this is really big news because it's another step in the right direction. But what this is kind of juxtaposed against is this next article where U.S. lawmakers seek to make stablecoins legal without federal approval. So I did mention this in my last video, and I couldn't remember who it was that's been approved by Biden. But basically, most people in authoritative, the highest authoritative positions in America and the EU uh, are very anti-crypto. Uh, see as wild wild west the thing is with the institutions here with this timing um, there's not much they can do basically it's too late um, from what we're seeing but um, basically I'll quickly go over this bill so a new bill introduced to the United States Congress on Wednesday could enforce blanket regulation on stable coins if passed any service provider in relation to these types of cryptocurrencies become illegal without first receiving approval by multiple government bodies so it's basically regulation Re regulation will stifle innovation because this pace is far too young um, but ultimately Andreas Antonopoulos had a great take on this so all credit to him I didn't have the Twitter post up but I read it this morning um, he basically said with this, I'm paraphrasing here, with, with this legislation, um, cryptocurrency is going to become less bank-like and become less uh, akin to traditional finance. And in doing so, um, there'll be less 
able to be regulated, but they'll still be functional. So it'll be technological developments that will allow this to happen. Um, and this is this has been dubbed the Stable Act. The bill is intended to protect consumers from the risks posed by emerging digital payment instruments such as Facebook, Libra, and other stable coins. If you remember the article I covered in my last video, I can't remember who it was. I think it was the guard. She was giving her position on stable coins versus central banking digital currencies. And her ultimate point was that it would move money away from banks, treasuries, and into stable coins. So it's basically a, a, a jockeying for power. Okay. And the fact of the matter is, is that with new technologies, te new technology is disruptive. And you know people that hold power central you know central authorities in finance central banks uh people that you know write the regulations on on them on the financial space they're probably going to do everything they can to kind of control money i mean what is money they'll probably do everything they can do to control money um, because if they can't, then it means they can't profit from it. They can't make money from it. It means they're out of control. It means they lose power, uh, and it's a threat to them ultimately. So they're going to probably do everything they can to kill the crypto space. Ultimately, that's 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 basically that's the direction things can go in, um, and provide their own version of things like central banking di crypto uh, digital currencies. Notice how they're not called cryptocurrencies. Um, central banking digital currencies but ultimately they won't have the properties that people seek that go to uh, this space and seek out this space for example like Bitcoin even even something like Tether or USDC getting a yield getting uh, interest off that that you can't find anywhere in the traditional financial system is huge uh, for a lot of people, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's my, my primary go-to source to kind of get interest from savings because you know capital's at risk. You never know what you know how the funds are being held, if they're safe. Um, but that's that'll come in time. That'll come in time, and everyone and everyone has a different level of risk exposure. They're willing to uh, allow them uh, risk that they're willing to allow themselves to expo be exposed to. So. Um, Central banking digital currencies aren't really going to be able to provide anything that that you know the digital dollar or pound or because money's already digital already. It's not, they're not going to be provide, able to provide a thing that doesn't already exist now that they're, they're trying they're trying they're doing now basically. So um, yeah, it's it's a way to kind of potentially get money into the hands of people easier because the rails of sending money will be easier, so the underlying technology will be easier, but the properties of the money is what people want. Transmission of money across borders, cheap payments, um, that's all well and good. Hedge against inflation and yield. Let's be honest, people want their money to be worth something, more so than they want their money to be able to send, be sent easily. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, in, it's interesting. But um, moving on. Talking about money, worsting U.S. dollar inflation metrics bode well for Bitcoin's continued rally. So this uh, piece and this piece as well, uh, Morgan Stanley predicts dollar crash. So I think we're a bit early for a dollar crash. I think we're a bit early for a dollar crash. I don't think that's happening. Um, but what would a dollar crash be? I mean, I don't think it'd be it going hyperinflationary. But um, what's interesting is the positive language 
um, chief investment officer and chief U.S. equity strategist for Morgan Stanley told Bloomberg. He says he sees the U.S. dollar crashing by another 10% within the next 12 months. Then 10% is nothing for like the crypto space, but for, for, for Forex it is. Uh, the analyst noted that the Federal Reserve and U.S. government has begun the most aggressive with structural deficits uh, amid as being the most aggressive with structural deficits amid the coronavirus pandemic. Um, this was the key thing he added, though. Um, he said, a weaker dollar is helpful for the world. A stronger one is more of a constriction on global growth. It is ultimately a positive story for reflation. So weaker dollars means dollars are cheaper for people around the world, means trade is easier. Um, people that aren't in the U.S. basically benefit, but that's not exactly what American citizens probably want um, when it comes to having be, being able to import goods and things like that. So it's always give and take. Um, so let's talk about some, lastly, really great news. So Bitcoin slush pool immortalizes Reuters headline tribute to Nakamoto. So the world's oldest Bitcoin mining pool, slush pool, has inscribed Reuters' famous headline, Dollar plummets on U.S. hopes Bitcoin hits all-time peak. On block number 659678, the same was done on 2nd of December, with the mining pool revealing the same a few hours ago, adding that the miners wanted to immortalize the bullish headline for Bitcoin. So I think we're 10 years on, or 11 years on, since the, uh, the creation of Bitcoin. Um, maybe a bit longer, actually. My brain is fried with the history of this space. Too much going on. But um probably says in this article... First December. Two thousand nine. Okay, so it is eleven years. So um what a great way to kind of mirror history and honor honor the creator of Bitcoin, um, wherever they may be. Um but yeah, yeah, I think this could be a nice kind of continual every ten years just kind of immortalize uh uh, a headline, an article, a headline, see where Bitcoin is in history, uh, kind of reflect. Um, last piece of bullet, huge news. So another institution, it's hilarious. So CEO of 7.43 trillion asset management changes his tune on Bitcoin. So this is basically BlackRock CEO. So um, this, is, this is even more hilarious. So during a conversation with Mark Carney, Former governor of the Bank of England at the Council of Foreign Relations, BlackRock CEO Larry Fink raised the possibility that Bitcoin could end up evolving into a global market. So it's definitely worth watching this video, but ultimately what he says is that Bitcoin's very young, it still, has, it still needs to mature, but there's a strong potential that um, it could become a world reserve currency and a world reserve, a world uh, global asset. Um, his... his uh, his concerns with Bitcoin was ultimately that um, due to uh, liquidity on the exchanges um, and the small size of this market compared to others, still got a long way before, to go before a BlackRock could really get involved or, or anything else like that because the amount of Bitcoin they would probably like to own would move the price so far and there probably isn't enough uh, supply to be able to really um, provide them with um enough that would make sense for them um, in any significant way although I'm probably sure some uh, small uh, 
small uh, comp, uh, fund they own, so like a smaller fund they own that you know probably works in a different space, owns some Bitcoin because that's usually what happens. But anyway, that's it for today's video, guys. Thank you so much for watching. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, underscore bull and bear. More importantly, make sure you follow me on TradingView, giving away lots of free trading updates. Um, subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on Spotify, subscribe on iTunes. Um, but most importantly, like, comment, share. Um, and I hope you have an amazing day, evening, morning, wherever you may be. I shall catch you in the next video. Wishing you guys all the very best.